0: views ideas and opinions of all of us here at lucia at night and our guests are their own and you should always seek additional professional opinion and advice pertaining to any of the topics discussed here on lucia at night welcome to lucia at night where we are helping you close the door on your day and light up your night this is our first time in 2021 um, happy Valentine's Day to everybody! Um, and we are starting a two-part series. This is part one on communication and effective communication in relationships, mainly, but also in really in any aspect of your life. Because as our guest and I, um, as our guest is going to talk about, communication styles bleed into everything, right? So like the way I communicate with my partner, the way that I communicate. This is like the weirdest thing. I'm just going to throw it out there because you hear a ding. I shut off my messages, like <laughs> shut them down, and my computer refuses to shut them down. Like it just always pops in. Isn't that weird?
1: Yeah. There's no- I thought it was me at first. I was like, oh my God. I know. I no, and it's
0: somebody that like, like when they text, I actually, I'm just going to throw this out here. I do not like the type of texter. And sometimes I'm like this with you, Krista, where it's like two word thoughts, Mm. where it's like bing bing oh yeah bing, bing, bing. each one yeah like yeah this could have been combined in one yeah. <laughs> it means right. that you're not thinking right it means that you're just like right yeah, yeah. not
2: communicating very effectively or efficiently
0: <laughs> yes exactly or do either of you text like that communication wise
2: uh, no, I'm I'm the opposite. I probably, like, with my kids or with you, because you do just these little couple of words or lines, and I, I give mini many, many novels, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, I have to get it all into one. Like, I don't know why I can't break it up, but it's like... Don't break it up. I get it all into one. Do not break it up. I've <laughs> been
0: working to not break it up because it is so it's just like overwhelming.
2: Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, it will be if we keep hearing that ding on your, <laughs> then we'll, then every. then you'll know like, Oh, this is what it's like.
0: Well, I always know who it is. Cause there's only three people that text me like that. Four people that text me like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Are you a tech? Are you a one-off texter or a paragraph texter?
1: I, for the most part, am a paragraph texter, but see, for me is I paragraph text, and then we'll send another text that's probably almost just as long, and I always feel awful sending these giant text messages. I'm like, ugh, just to get all my thoughts out.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Texting, I just emailed you, and then you can just send it in an email, (laughs) so I don't have to read all of that text no because no one calls anymore so no. like that's a problem and it is a problem we should ask yeah
1: I'm okay with it
0: <laughs> okay let's break this down <laughs> because this is generational and we have three I was just say, generations here so you don't mind not talking on the phone
1: yeah I like I feel like if my friend is calling me we're not we're going to exclude FaceTime, but if my friend's calling me, then that means that like there's something urgent that they need to tell me or talk about. But I, I do have those couple friends who just call randomly and want to talk and that's fine, but I'm very much type of person, just, just text me. If you call and you have to leave me a like a voice message, you could just text it to me. You don't have to leave a message. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm very much a text message person. It's the quickest way to get me.
0: So communication style, do you feel like the way you communicate in text is the way that you would communicate when you were talking to somebody?
1: Um, no, actually, I feel like I get, I mean, it probably depends on the person I'm talking to, but I think for the most part, I get more of what I want to say out in my text message, especially because I can read through it. And if I like don't like something, I could take it out. Whereas like if I'm talking to someone, I constantly am filtering in my head. And then I just don't end up saying everything that I maybe want to say.
0: So with friends, I understand that with your significant other, you're going to eventually like communicate either on the phone or in person, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my, I've had, I've had exes that don't really talk on the phone either. So, but yeah. I'm fine talking on the phone with, with like a significant other. Or, like, I guess my family too, like my mom or my dad.
0: What type of communicator are you?
1: Um, I I don't know. I don't think I'm very good at communicating, honestly. I kind of just hold a lot of stuff in.
0: So, we'll ask Dr. Anna Cress, who's going to be with us in a little bit about that. But I think that's passive communicator. So, basically, do okay. you defer, like, whatever you want? Yeah, whatever you want. And then if there's something you say, <laughs> kind of just like hold it inside.
1: I think for the most part, yeah. Unless it's really bugging me, then I'll say it. But I just like have like, I don't know, in my head, it's a very like chill mindset of like, it doesn't matter, let it go. Maybe I'm just a people pleaser. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't I don't like confrontation either. So I just kind of keep everything. Unless it's really pressing, I keep it to myself and...
0: And then in a relationship, how does that work if you have something that's a problem?
1: Uh, <laughs> I've, my, all my past, like, I guess, big issue conversations have just turned into me sobbing. And I, it's probably because I hold it all in. Uh, or, or it's the complete opposite of where I'm just, like, completely furious and yelling. Mm. There's no, like, calm, like, happy medium. I could I, I I'll admit I need to work on my communicating. I'm not very good at it.
0: Super interesting. <laughs> and I want to hear about Krista's in a second, but does did that cause problems in past relationships? because i would I was with a passive communicator, and it's hard to extract a conversation. <laughs> it's like
1: yeah, i think I think it did because i'm I'm very much a type of person too, even with just like regular people. I guess I come off a little shy um so (laughs) I just I I just don't talk much and I just think it's just I don't have anything to say but if you were to hold a conversation with me I'm you know will come off as very outgoing like I will hold a conversation with you but I don't really have anything to say I just don't say it or if it's nothing that's like super important I just keep it to myself it's caused issues I'll admit but I also think I might have dated some people who were also probably just like that, and so
0: oh, passive really. communicators.
1: Yeah, not a good combination, I guess, to have two passive communicators together.
0: <laughs> no, we I don't solve imagine. anything. Nothing. <laughs> gets solved,
2: not, yeah. There's no <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> yeah, because passive communicators are usually the defers, right? Yeah. So somebody lead. has to. Somebody has to lead, so you can.
0: <laughs> Can I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. You probably didn't go very many places with passive communicators. Like how did you decide where to go to dinner?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, (laughs) it's not easy. (laughs) I mean, like, I think eventually, like I just picked a place, but it, it did turn into the whole, like, I don't care where do you want to go? I don't really care you pick. And then it just goes back and forth until it's like, all right, fine, let's just go here. And like, I think for the most part, one of us is not like 100% into that, but you just kind of go with it because it's now 9 o'clock and you need to eat.
0: <laughs> so we're going to dive in with our, with our guest on the psychology behind that and how passive communication affects relationships and then also how you can enhance communication, right? Because it does seem like there's something, that would be a tough dynamic, passive with passive. For
1: yeah. Sure. Yeah, I need mean, I the next one. The next guy date needs to be a lot better at it, and then maybe I'll get better at it. But I mean, I can't do another one like this.
0: Krista, what about you? I know text text wise,
2: I don't think you're passive. I wouldn't call no. you passive. I don't. Th- I don't think so. But um, it's interesting. I'm not able to kind of differentiate listening to Sarah talk. What is a, per, like, what's a, is a passive person, like, is a passive communicator, a passive personality, or, like, what is,
0: yeah. Yeah, usually, usually, and again, we'll, we'll define this more and help tease out how you can identify and change it, but yes, usually, um, they're also a passive person, but you're, I, I, I think I know your communication
2: style. What? I'm curious what you think and I you. think
0: you float so there's four main ones and I don't want to get too in depth but I cuz I know Dr. Creswell but um aggressive assertive passive passive aggressive those are the four main ones I would say your assertive is that is the healthiest right you yeah. can state your beliefs in a um calm rational way um, you know, you can trust your internal gut, you can express your point of views, but you can also respect the person communicating with these point of views.
2: Right. Um, yeah, I think I, I would say that's what I do. Um, and whether it's, you know, I have to say I initially was always because I'm the older generation. And so texting came later. And and I didn't understand it at first. And it was like, you know, and I would like get mad at my kids. Like, don't text me, like pick up the phone and call me. Like, you know, what are you doing? And it, texting seemed kind of dismissive or like when it, when it wasn't important. Um, But I find now that I like, uh, I can, I can do both the, you know, the thing is I like the, texture of a voice and the conversation, I like that. Um, But I also would tend to agree with Sarah that, you know, I'm a word person and I find it, you know, I like writing. So sometimes you can get the right, you know, you can just write it all out in, in a text and chop it up or do whatever you want with it that you can't do once the words have been, you know, articulated.
0: See, I think in text you are assertive. I think I think you're 50-50, Krista, I think in my experience, but it does change with the person you're with, their communication style can change your communication style. So,
2: do I you, think I'm more passive on, uh, on a, in a verbal communication. That, that could be, yeah. I,
0: do. yeah. I think you're 50-50. I think sometimes you're assertive and sometimes mostly verbally passive. But I think you're assertive, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's probably accurate. In
0: relationships, what style have you been with?
2: Um, I really think in relationships, mm, well, I had some unhealthy, you know, I've been twice divorced, right. so yeah. I'd have to say, unfortunately, You know, there was probably some more passive aggressive than I would care to acknowledge. Um, because my mother was pass is passive aggressive, and I always said I don't want to be passive aggressive. Um, but I think if I'm being truthful about myself, there was some passive aggressiveness. Um But other than that, I think I if I, if I wasn't passive-aggressive, I would be more assertive, I guess. I mean, I would just say what I wanted. I, I guess that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But maybe, um, maybe I was indifferent passive, maybe not so much passive-aggressive, unless I wanted to start something, like start a fight. Yeah. Um,
0: there's a difference between like just <laughs> serious laughing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference between being past like literally not really having an opinion on something, right? And then actually having an opinion, but not really you've denied it to yourself so much that you're suppressing, suppressing, suppressing. So it sounds like there could be both.
2: Yeah. I mean, I really wasn't I I really tried consciously not to be passive aggressive. So I would say I would be assertive or just kind of quiet, (laughs) like just no communication. I feel
0: like, one, I feel like that makes sense. I know that I'm assertive, but depending on who I'm with, I can absolutely go aggressive very rarely passive-aggressive. Usually it's assertive. And then if, depending on who I'm communicating with, sometimes can go aggressive, which is usually if someone's aggressive, I can go aggressive. Otherwise I'm assertive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Never passive though. Really interesting. (laughs) Um, Do a good
1: mix here, then.
0: No, yeah, <laughs> we've covered it all. Krista said yeah. passive aggressive, and and assertive. I mean, the truth is, we we probably all have used each of those communication styles at some point. It's just your primary defer. What is that?
2: I, I would say more often than not, I'm assertive because I, I'm able to just say what I need or what I want or what I believe um, or my opinion when I feel it's necessary or whatever. I mean, otherwise, I'll just be quiet about it. but
0: um, Sarah's passive, and I think I'm assertive as well. So what is your communication style? What is your partner's communication style? How does that all mix together? Maybe you're not in a relationship and you want to improve your communication style because you think that it does need to be tweaked a little. We are going to help identify your style, talk about how you can change it, talk about how you can work with your partner if they have a communication style that you don't love um, which I relate to, um, sometimes, uh, so make sure to stick around and that's in past relationships. I should probably say that, um, make sure to stay with us. We'll be right back with Dr. Anna Kress talking about communication and how you can improve it for yourself and your partner. We'll be
3: right back. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless, and with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high speed data, coast to coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65, or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico, plus text and data in over 210 countries worldwide, all with the best. Best phones or bring your own. That's pretty awesome. Get the best user experience on mobile at pulsecellular.com.
0: Close the door on your day and light up your night. You're listening to Lucia at Night. Welcome back to the first episode of. Lucia at night in 2021, a fresh year, a fresh start, and our very first guest, I couldn't be more excited. Um, Someone who's, if you don't follow her on social media from the last time she was on the show, definitely make sure you follow her. Um, Dr. Anna Kress, she is a licensed clinical psychologist with over 15 years of experience providing psychotherapy. She completed her postdoctoral fellowship at Princeton University and has a private practice in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, Dr. Kress also writes a blog and leads workshops that focus on the relationship between emotional wellness and manifesting goals. Dr. Anna Kress, welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me again, Lucia. So happy to be here.
0: First of all, 2020, what a year. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so I'd like to do a check-in with all our guests. How was 2020 for you and how have you been
3: transitioning into 2021? Well, I'm, I'm looking forward forward to 2021 hopefully being a better year for sure like all of us um you know it was a very interesting year you know i think for therapists doing teletherapy making that switch has been really interesting um i've been so surprised by how much i really like it you know um seeing all my clients virtually so that's been a really interesting change Um, i
0: I love it
3: why do you like it Well, I thought I would lose the connection because, you know, you see their body language more when you're in person, you know, there's just, you, you get a sense of what's happening. And I thought that would be lost with teletherapy, but honestly, it's really effective. And so I'm just amazed at how much you can really replicate what happens in the room through teletherapy. I'm really loving it. I mean, obviously it has a convenience um, for sure, but it's, it's also, I think, just as effective That's what I'm finding.
0: I agree. The skills are slightly different um, Mm -hmm. that you have to utilize, but just for people listening, it uh, makes it more accessible if you have hesitated to go to therapy because it's, I mean, truly it's two hours out of your day. And when you're working, that's a big ask. But if you go to your car and it's 45, 50 minutes, Mm -hmm. that's a reasonable demand on people's time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's been the positive change, I would say. <laughs> and then personally, is everything well with you?
3: Yeah, you know, just grateful, you know, to be healthy. And, and, and you know, I think one thing I've been doing is just like spending more time in nature, which that has been good. You know, I think that that's sort of the one of the few positive things um, sort of coming out of this, trying to get back into nature, you know, with just how limited... Um, our opportunities for you know um, doing things right now are absolutely
0: one of the things that has taken a toll right are our relationships so some relationships I've seen within working with couples they've aug- they've augmented actually because of mm-hmm. this and some relationships have struggled right yeah and when i say relationships today i want to talk broadly and in this series we're talking broadly and then we're also talking primary significant other Mm -hmm. um, as well so we would love to talk about communication because that is one of the things when couples have been or family systems have been with each other it seems like communicating um there's been some friction there and that has cropped up have you experienced that in your work as well have you heard
3: Yes. I mean, you really can't escape communication when you are locked down with people, you know, or, you know, conversely, if you're in an experience where you have less opportunities for communicating. So the ones that you do have, like say you're like online dating or something like that, um, or, you know, just communicating virtually with people in general, then those communications really do become important. So I think this really highlights what is our communication style. Mm. you know and how effective is it
0: can we start there with Mm -hmm. what are basic communication styles that you see predominantly
3: well there are you know i would say like four basic communication styles the first communication style is assertiveness and you think about assertiveness it's really the healthiest and most effective type of communication style And people who tend to be assertive also tend to have secure attachment or earned secure attachment where they've worked on that. um, Where they kind of expect to be understood. They expect other people to be responsive. And so they express their feelings more accurately and more freely, you know. And so you can kind of spot assertiveness because someone's making a lot of I statements. And they have good eye contact, and maybe like a firm voice, maybe good body posture. You know, like sitting sitting up straight or standing up straight. And they tend to be very respectful towards you when they have an assertive communication style. Um, so they're gonna the dialogue is gonna be a lot more open, a lot more honest, more respectful. Um, you know, and someone who has assertive communication style is, you know, they kind of believe that they have a right to ask for what they want. So, there's a lot of feelings of self-worth also involved with the communication, that particular communication style. Um, Whereas someone who has, you know, the other three are passive, aggressive, and passive aggressive. So, we could talk about each one separately. Like, the passive style, you know, you may recognize um, that pretty quickly. You know, someone who has a really hard time saying no. You know, you might even see their body posture being very constricted or or sort of like slouching or something like that. You know, the eye contact's kind of poor. Um, and they tend to just kind of want to go with the flow, not really um, ask for their preference. Like if you ask somebody, like, where do you want to go out to eat? Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. And so there's a lot of, like, deferring to others. And, you know... Um, there's a lot of caretaking and giving that often comes with that passive communication style um, because people don't feel comfortable asking for what they want. Um, And, you know, people that I work with often have some sort of a trauma history. And so it can be very difficult to express what you need and what you want when you've had experiences where that wasn't, you know, met. with a good response. It might have been like physical abuse. It might have been, you know, a parent kind of withdrawing from you. It might have been, you know, that you had a very, you had parents who had a very authoritarian style where it was their way or no way. And so there are a lot of reasons why somebody develops the passive communication style. You know, you think about the stress responses, you know, um, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. This would be more along lines of like freeze and fawn, where somebody's kind of shutting down, perhaps, or fawning, where there's a lot of like people pleasing going on. You know?
0: Absolutely. And I think that the key to extract from it is that it's not just as if this person really is, they may present as go with the flow, (laughs) right? But they do have opinions. They're just there, voice them, right? And they're almost
3: suppressing them. right yeah and after a while sometimes it can be difficult to even know what you do want Mm -hmm. um you know like you said it can um sort of develop into resentment where you do know maybe what you want you're just not voicing it because it doesn't feel safe Mm -hmm. because of your past experiences or maybe the current situation or um you're not even sure what you want anymore because you kind of have gone along with other people's preferences for so long. And, you know, what I tend to see is that people who have like a very chronic passive style, what happens is, you know, they'll go from relationship or situation to relationship uh, or situation and they will sort of accommodate the partner or let's say it's a work situation, you know, they'll, they'll accommodate whoever's around them to the point where their life looks different based on who they're around. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit difficult to even know like what do you like? And so some of that work in therapy can be about discovering that and then feeling safe enough to voice that. hmm Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, th- and then, you know, there's the aggressive style, which, you know, someone who has an aggressive style is going to dominate the conversation. You know, they're not really going to listen, you um, as much. And, you know, there may be, um, criticizing, controlling kind of behaviors that you see with that, or, you know, someone being very demanding or hostile. And, you know, with that, you see more of like a fight stress response where there's, you know, they get triggered and immediately they want to go into the attack mode. And again, this is a self-protective strategy and this, you know, you can work on it. Although I would say like the one thing, you know, um, where that's not the case is if it's an abusive relationship,
0: Mm.
3: whether it's like physical abuse, emotional abuse, narcissistic abuse that requires like a very professional kind of, um, intervention rather than like the strategies we'll be talking about today. But, um, you know, someone who has an aggressive communication style is going to be disagreeable or, you know, again, if it gets very toxic, it could look like gaslighting where there's like a lot of emotional abuse and manipulation and you start to question your reality um, or, you know, a lot of blame and things like that. So an easy way to spot someone who does have an aggressive communication style is that they constantly interrupt or talk over you or are very critical or think they're right or they may glare at you um, rather than that healthy eye contact that you see in assertiveness. Um, or they just have like that, it's my way or the highway kind of attitude. Um, you know, so that can, um, vary in terms of like severity. Like, again, it could become abusive.
0: Are there any signs, and and you may not be able to answer this or feel comfortable answering this, but are there any signs if, when it crosses over from aggressive to abuse that you feel like are worth noting?
3: Um, You know, I think that it's often very subtle. Like, let's say it's narcissistic abuse, they can start with love bombing you. So in the beginning, you might think like, oh, this person is so charming. They're so like dazzling and they're so kind and they really care and they're so interested in me. And so it can be really difficult to spot when the criticism starts to, you know, creep in and the attacks and then like that manipulation that can happen with, for example, narcissistic abuse um, where you know, you will point something out and then they'll lie about it or make you really question your own sanity or your own memory even Um, when you say, but you said this and they say, no, I didn't or you must be, you know, crazy or your memory, there must be a memory problem that you have, you know. So, um, when you start noticing those kind of behaviors where somebody's, you know, making you question your reality or constantly blaming, constantly criticizing, um, and manipulating, and, uh, you know, that's when it starts to creep into that territory and become very toxic, you know. So, I, I think, you know, sometimes it's hard to spot it in the beginning because it it can slowly develop. Absolutely. Yeah. So, look for those signs,
0: though, and if you are with someone that has an aggressive, um, communication style, I would say stay alert, right, for, yeah. for some of those signs.
3: Yeah. 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 I mean, sometimes they're easy to spot, you know, when someone is aggressive mm-hmm. or you know, they're talking over you, they have no interest in what you're saying. Um, but other times, again, it can, can be more subtle because in the beginning, they might actually be quite the opposite. And so if someone's trying really hard to charm you, that would be a red sort of a red flag mm-hmm. to Absolutely. sort of stay alert. Absolutely. So
0: there's one more, and that is the mix, correct, yes. of passive and aggressive.
3: Yeah, and, and it's interesting because I see the passive style a lot, and I see passive aggressive a lot, and, and it's so interesting when that shows up because there, you know, it's, it's, again, it's an adaptive strategy to try to avoid, then this one is actually to try to avoid conflict. So there is anger, but it's expressed um, in a very passive way. Sometimes that can look like you know, for you know, saying yes to something, but actually, but forgetting to do it, or complaining about things, but not actually asking for what you want directly. So an example would be like you're watching a movie with a partner, and they say like, "Can you believe that character in that movie forgot to buy his wife an anniversary present?" When really, like, you're angry because you didn't get a present, you know. And so sometimes these things are very indirect, but they do come out one way or another sometimes it can be like very sarcastic jokes or like cutting remarks that someone later says like, Oh, I was just joking, you know, like subtle digs and things like that um, would be passive aggressive. And at the end of the day, when you're passive aggressive, you don't really get what you want again with passive style either. And that would be, you know, an unfortunate um, side effect of, of those styles is that you often don't get what you want. Um, But with a passive-aggressive style, you know, it can be hurtful when you're, you know, making those jokes and when you are, um, people do sense when you are being aggressive underneath, you know, that very polite exterior often.
0: Absolutely. It's almost not intentional, right? Mm -hmm. But there almost is some sort of manipulation that you're trying to do almost subconsciously, right? Like, I don't feel confident enough to say this, but maybe if I say it, in a different term where i have this pretend buffer right that they'll somehow acknowledge and change Mm -hmm. so it's not directly asking for what you need but there's tell me if this is correct there it feels like there's not as much malice to passive-aggressive does that make sense when they're trying to sort of manipulate the situation to what they want to say it almost goes back to that trauma response of i don't feel confident in saying what I want to say, but I know that I deserve it, right? There's that conflict, and they can't reconcile it. And then it comes out as passive aggressive. Does that feel like in some circumstances that's more the case?
3: Yeah. And and you know, when I'm working with people who have like more of a passive aggressive style, the way that I work with trauma is I use um, internal family systems or IFS, Mm -hmm. which basically like looks at different parts of us. And so with someone who's passive-aggressive, I might say, you know, let's talk to that part of you that isn't speaking up, that feels passive, doesn't feel heard. And then another time, you know, we might want to talk to the part of you that's um, aggressive and is sort of more, you know, is angry actually, and doesn't feel like your needs are being met. And so you might work with both sides. So, you know, there is, you know, at least with, you know, the clients that I work with, often a trauma history that we can work with that. But if you're not actively working on a passive aggressive style, what I often see is, you know, people end up either noticing that they're passive aggressive and actually constricting their social interactions. Like they try to engage with people less because they know it'll come out. They know that as much as they want to be polite and get along with people, they know that they're going to make a biting remark they know that eventually something's going to slip out and so they try not to socialize and that's unfortunate or you see people who are like just very manipulative and you know that can come out even in groups like being very gossipy trying to pit one group against another you know very subtle kind of things but it comes out and it's you know someone's not actively working on that healing that um it can create a lot of interpersonal problems
0: Do you feel like, and it sounds like some people can self-identify that they're Mm -hmm. passive aggressive, right? And obviously in the context of therapy, as a therapist, you can help people see, but if someone is listening and isn't sure, right, they Mm -hmm. almost can't self-identify. Yeah. Do you have any way to help people self-identify this may, right? Because even describing it, do you have any Mm -hmm. examples of how it may look
3: actually? So they might, um, so someone, like if you're passive aggressive, you might not say how you'll feel, but you might walk out of the room every time someone walks in, you know, like a person that you don't um, get along with or something like that. You might just like leave the room each time or, you know, or like if you're in some sort of a conflict, you might just like leave the room every time they walk in um, rather like than... example
0: too. If you're if you're saying, oh, can you believe, right, that that person didn't buy a gift when you're actually saying, why didn't you get me a gift?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yes. And, and so they might also, like, um, you know, say yes to things, but then sulk about them. So that's another example. Like, they might say something on, about someone else, or they might say yes to something, but then kind of sulk and complain about it. Mm. And so um, you're kind of getting mixed messages or giving mixed messages if you have more of a passive aggressive style. And so there's a lot of, you know, benefit to just learning to be more direct and feeling safe in being more direct when you have that style.
0: Absolutely.
3: What about
0: the shutdown style? <laughs> I've always thought of it as more of the avoidant personality style, but when there's no communication, right? If you communicate to someone in an assertive way, and there's a, just a complete shutdown.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of in some ways, you know, is more like the freeze part of like maybe a passive style, yeah. whereas if someone's shutting down, you know, an avoidant attachment style is similar, you know, like like you're describing, where fight or flight's not even like accessible, it's just going to shut down. And so with someone who is more avoidant in that way, um, you know, they're going to have a really hard time expressing their needs, too, you know, so it's going to be very passive, but at the same time, um, their life isn't going to look the way they want it to because they're not actually expressing what they feel, they're not expressing what they need. And in a partnership, that can create problems, you know, that can create certain kinds of patterns in partnerships, especially where one partner is kind of pursuing and one's distancing. And, and so um, it can really... Create problems, but that is something you can totally work on. And so, if somebody does have more of that shutdown, you can work on creating more safety in the relationship. Or if you notice that you have that kind of shutdown response, you know, I think working on um, secure attachment with others is really important. And we can talk about those exact skills and we can even, you know, talk about assertiveness techniques. But at the end of the day, you know, when I work with somebody who is showing any kind of insecure attachment, but including avoidant, you know, a lot of the work has to do with getting in touch with those parts of you that feel, you know, more vulnerable Mm -hmm. and wounded. Um, Again, getting past like these protective parts of ourselves first and working with those parts first, but eventually getting to those wounded younger inner child parts and actually creating a secure attachment with them. Because if you feel secure within yourself, you know, your outside relationships are going to show a lot less of these kind of indirect or aggressive communication styles because you'll feel more secure within.
0: Does that make sense, kind of? Oh, it absolutely makes sense. And when we want you to come back and talk about some of the interactions um, and how these communication styles, how they work with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in our third part of this series, um, we're going to talk about those strategies. How can we change our own styles? How can we navigate to help change uh, um, our partner style or work with our partners with their their primary style? Um, but before we let you go in this episode, could you talk about what are some of the, positives, not as challenges, I don't want to use the word negative, but what, what are some of the positive and challenges that come with these different styles?
3: Well, I think, you know, of course, with assertiveness, you know, there are a lot of positives, you know, like when we start becoming more assertive, I think, you know, people are often surprised that they, that they get so much more of what they actually want out of life. That when you learn how to ask for things assertively, you actually get a lot of things. And so I think that that's, you know, obviously a good benefit. And, you know, people really feel comfortable with you when you're assertive because they know where they stand. You know?
0: Do you, and we're going to get into this next episode, but that I've shared about a past relationship where that was actually not the case, where when I was assertive, from a secure place, Mm -hmm. my partner was actually completely shut down and could never dialogue about it.
3: Well, I mean, it's interesting because I think, you know, we can talk more about like secure, like creating safety. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people, it takes a lot of work for them to feel safe in a relationship. And so even though your partner might be assertive, um, if you're not feeling quite safe yet, Your response to that might not be, you know, to also be assertive and to be responsive if you don't even know how to be responsive. And so, not everyone's going to respond well to assertiveness, but I think within a relationship, that can be something that people do work on if they choose to stay in the relationship, you know?
0: Absolutely. And we'll get into that next episode for sure. Um, What, before we let you go um, in episode one, Dr. Crest, Any other positives, challenges that people can expect from these styles?
3: Well, with with a passive style, you know, the biggest issue is really not getting what you want, but also, just it creates so much conflict in relationship when you when you expect, you know, if you're expecting your partner or other people you're working with or friends to read your mind, Mm. because that's something that just can't happen, you know, we can't expect that from people. And it's not like, oh, I'll find the perfect partner and they'll read my mind. Mm -hmm. Because if someone's reading your mind, you know, that's not healthy either. Mm -hmm. Because then that means they're like trying to figure you out and anticipate your every move. And that's not healthy either. So really, that would be, you know, the unfortunate side effect. I think the benefit of a passive style is, um, you know, it doesn't rock the boat. So it does feel safe in the short term. Mm. But like I said, it's not really like a long-term strategy because eventually the relationship becomes too painful. And, you know, when that happens, you might get depressed or you might explode and kind of just lose it with the relationship or you might leave. Mm -hmm. And so with a passive style, you know, the pros are that it's a a short-term solution for sure in some situations. And in some situations, it's actually, you know, especially if you're a child, you know, that might be the very safest thing to do. And so it can be adaptive, but when you're an adult, it can be problematic, for sure. You know, and with an aggressive style, that style is certainly rewarded in our culture. Often, you know, it helps you kind of get ahead and things like that. But um, eventually, you know, you end up kind of burning bridges because if you're not cooperating with people, if you're not listening to people, eventually, you know, they get kind of tired of that, and so it doesn't create like a healthy relationship that feels like you're getting your needs met too if you're on the other end of it. And so other people can either, you know, leave or they might just shut down when they're with you. So ultimately, it can push people away. Although, you know, initially an aggressive style might help you get ahead, might make you look more successful or more, you know, um, even appear assertive to people. Um, It does have drawbacks for sure. And as for the passive aggressive style, You know, when you don't address underlying problems, but there are underlying problems or there are, you know, you are angry, um, what happens is it comes out in behaviors,
2: Mm. you
3: know? And so it can be really frustrating and confusing to other people when, you know, you're saying yes to a project, but then you don't do the work, or when you are not setting boundaries and then, you know, you act like a victim and you kind of paint yourself as the victim in a situation, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. And I think that can be really confusing to people because it sends so many mixed messages. And then, of course, like, you know, things like sarcasm and like backhanded compliments, like those can be really hurtful. And so they can hurt relationships. But again, you know, if you're doing the best you can with that communication style, it can seem like a short-term solution too because you are trying to not rock the boat by being you know directly aggressive you know so sometimes it can keep the peace for a little while but eventually things start showing up behaviorally
0: dr kress so much fascinating information we are going to be back um, with dr kress to talk more about strategies to help change your communication style um and to help with your partner as well, depending on their communication style. So make sure to come back um, for our next episode here at Lucia at Night. Hey, it's Lucia, and I'm so thrilled to welcome you to my podcast, Well Seekers, bringing you simple, accessible, and real stories and solutions to find your happy and well from the mind down and to learn to form a better relationship with yourself and others. This is real. We're giving you simple, accessible advice and tools to make your mind, life, and world a whole lot more well with knowledge, inspiration, honesty, self-care, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me and the rest of the seekerhood as we journey to a mind and life you are gonna love. Welcome to Well Seekers. It's a treat and a retreat for your day. You're listening to Lucia at Night. Welcome back to Lucia at Night. Um, thank you again to our guest, Dr. Anna Kress. So we've started something new here at Well Seekers and Lucia at Night. In 2021, and that is ending each show with something called Lucia's List, which is three to five takeaway things that you can then go explore. So, in between shows, you have resources and tools to help you find and feel better in mind, life, and love. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so we want to give you some resources for that. Um, before we get to that, ladies, Sarah, Krista, what are you doing on Valentine's Day?
1: <sighs> um... I'll go first because it's not really much, but um, probably just gonna hang out with the family, my parents and the dog. Maybe play some games. That's something we always like to enjoy and do. So I think it'd just be a nice, quiet night at home.
0: I like that. And I have a Lucia's list item for you to do. All
2: right, an <laughs> idea, Krista. Um, well, let's see. I, I Yeah, Valentine's Day has never, even when I was in a relationship, has just never been really like a huge thing.
0: I don't love uh, the word hate, but if it ever applied, I think Krista hates Valentine's Day. <laughs> I don't like using that word. It feels really strong, but if I can I think you very hate aggressive it. of you? <laughs>
1: it's a strong word.
0: <laughs> you hate it. If you if we can apply something to it, Krista hates Valentine's Day.
2: But right. Um, so what I want to do because you don't just opt out really. So um, I did earlier in the week. I was looking at things to send my daughter because you know even though Valentine's is supposed to, you know it's traditionally a romantic partner, but when you have kids, it's often, you know, you have to get them a little something or other. Um, so I like it to be, for me, it's it's all about chocolate. And, you know, I, I mean, I'll take that part of Valentine's Day, just give me some chocolate or I'll buy it myself. Um, and Cozy and comfortable like it just because it's February and I live in New England. So I'm sending her, you know, some little, they're like chocolate covered Oreos, you know, with like little hearts on them or something for her and her boyfriend and little warm socks and um, little silky eye, you know, eye mask thing to wear. So um, hopefully, she'll get it before she um, listens to this. I don't even know if she does listen to this, but... Um, she She's commented before. And my son, um, I, don't, I don't think I'll send him anything and he's not gonna care. Um, and so what am I doing? Um, I'll probably just try and do something that makes me comfortable and cozy and feel, just feel loved. Oh, I love it. So, which means I'll be by myself because it's COVID time and I don't go out. But it's, um, good.
0: it's a rare, rare Valentine's Day for sure. And I think you described it well that it's really, I've always taken it as a day of love. So whoever you love, whether you have a significant other or your parents or your kids or a relative of any kind or a friend, right? Or a dog, Sarah, Yep. <laughs> you can celebrate Valentine's Day in so many different ways. So um, here are my top three ways to celebrate Valentine's Day this year if you're looking for ideas. So on Lucia's list for Valentine's Day, there's three main things um, that stood out to me. One is, let's start with for the couple. So a lot of people can't go out because of COVID in 2021, and there is this bakery in New Hampshire, which is my hometown, called the Elephantine Bakery. Um, I'll put a link below. But they are doing something incredible for Valentine's Day. And even if you're not in New Hampshire and can't experience this, um, they have created this go take-home Valentine's Day experience. So. In that experience, they give you everything. They give you the table setting, and um, you can purchase plates even. They have these incredible, beautiful plates. They give you the meal. They give you the dessert, and there's a beautiful flower for the table, right? So even if you can't purchase something that's already done, you can absolutely do a DIY with your loved one, right? So go get new plates. Get a little flower, right? And these don't need to be expensive. You can even go I am actually a fan of the paper plate sometimes that have unique designs on them. So um, getting a meal, of course, taking it in, but going the extra mile to really make it feel like a unique experience to help celebrate your love really um, with your significant other. If you happen to not. Have a significant other on Valentine's Day. I'm a big fan of self love nights. Um, I do them frequently and well seekers has a box this winter. That's all about a night at home alone. Taking care of yourself, nurturing yourself and really getting to know yourself a little bit better. Um, it's I call it the shower night because <laughs> um, it has a shower steamer because sometimes with the bath. I love a good bath bomb, um, but with those they're hard, right? Like drawing a bath, people don't have bathtubs. So the shower steamer, you can just put in, enjoy um, a scented rejuvenating shower, Uh, come out. We have a luxurious hair wrap, um, essential oils for your body, a candle, and some really They're question cards to help you explore where you're at a little bit better and to just do some journaling. I love those nights. I literally look forward to those nights. Um, So if you happen to just hop over to wellseekers.com, you can get one of those uh, self-care, I call it a shower night. If you don't have time to do that, you can even create your own self-care night, right? So go out and buy individual items that you love and that are important to you um, and show yourself some extra love. And then finally, number three on Lucia's list is the family night. Um, Of course, I like to break this down in a few ways. Valentine's Day is all about love. So instead of just writing um, cards to each other, I know that that's one one of my suggestions is making valentines for each other, but really putting something in that valentine that demonstrates what you love about that person. So not just getting a cute valentine, and saying happy valentine's day, but giving each member of your family, having you each do one for each family member and say what you actually love about that family member. Um, and then my other favorite thing to do as a family activity is to make valentine's day cookies. So cookies, cards, and a good family movie um, to celebrate Valentine's Day and your love together as a family. So those are my top three things on Lucia's list to celebrate Valentine's Day in 2021 during a pandemic. Um, So that's it. That's Lucia's list for Valentine's Day. Ladies, it's so good to see you. Thanks for being a part of the show and a part of my friends and family.
1: Of course. It was nice to see you, ladies.
2: Feeling the love. You can't hate something that's all about love. So I have to object to you saying that I hate.
0: (laughs) That's actually a good, good point. It would be, if you really, really did hate it, you would feel neutral about it, probably.
2: Indifferent. Indifferent. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we'll be back with, uh, Dr.
0: Intercrest is going to come back on for episode two so make sure to if you're listening to this after the fact it may be right below it Um, so click on that for more incredible information from Dr. Anna Kress and we'll be back really soon on Lucia at Night. Thanks for spending your night with
2: us on Lucia at Night.